Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is July 7th, 2023. It is Friday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Grow Your Own Optimist. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, the most courageous act is still to think for yourself aloud by Coco Chanel. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Owen's Garden Gate, and we are focusing on lemongrass. So uh, what does lemongrass mean in terms of magic? So we talked about the culinary, the herbal, the history. So magic. Uh, this actually comes to us from aromages.com. Actually, Kiki, our beloved Kiki, used to work at Aromages. It's based in um, Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're ever there, check it out. Tell them you heard about them from us. I don't think they know who we are, but it's still nice. Um, <laughs> they have on their website here, Lemongrass Magical Properties is used in spiritual cleansing the home and is found in such products such as Van Van Oil and Chinese Wash. Said to help cleanse out jinxes and scrub away uh, residual negative energy in the home or business. Can also be used to cleanse amulets and ritual tools and is sometimes used in the development of psychic powers. Lemongrass can be used in erotic potions, charmed bags, and other lust rituals. To aid in the development of psychic abilities, make a lemongrass infusion. All workings are used for purification. In hoodoo and Mexican folk magic, lemongrass is a popular herb to work with for magical purposes. Lemongrass has a dual cleansing action. It removes impediments in your path, as well as earning it a reputation as an essential ingredient in road-opening magical work. Many people have utilized this herb in hoodoo in warning off evil and bringing good luck in love affairs, according to legend. Super cool. All right, moving into some headlines. Uh, let's see. In a Roman tomb, dead nails reveal an occult practice. When it came to the treatment, oh, and this is NewYorkTimes.com. When it came to the treatment of diseases, the ancient Romans had no shortage of magical remedies, several of which involved iron nails. To cure epilepsy, the first century historian Pliny the Elder advised driving a nail into the ground at the spot where the afflicted person's head lay at the start of the seizure. The Romans hammered nails into doors to avert plagues and pounded coffin nails into the thresholds to keep nightmares at bay. Nails from tombs and crucifixes were sometimes even worn around the neck as talismans against fevers, malaria, and evil spells. Recently, archaeologist 
excavated an unusual set of talisman nails from a mountaintop on the outskirts of Sagalos in southwestern Turkey. In an early Roman imperial tomb, 41 broken nails were found, scattered among the cremated remains of an adult male who lived in the 2nd century AD and was buried in uh, Sidhu. 25 of the nails were headless and deliberately bent at right angles. The others were complete rounded heads uh, nails with the shanks twisted multiple times. The unusual funerary practice is the subject of a new study published in the journal Antiquity. Quote, the nails were not used in the construction of the pyre and had no practical purpose, said Johann Claes, an archaeologist at the Catholic University Leuven, and the lead author of the paper, quote, they would have been valuable enough to be recovered if still serviceable, but they were dead nails and the way they were distributed around the perimeter of the tomb suggests that the placement was purposeful, unquote. By dead nails, he meant that they uh, had belief of occult power. At the time, the ashes and unburned uh, remnants of cremated bodies were commonly put in an urn and buried in a grave or placed in a mausoleum. In this case, the pyre was carefully sealed beneath two dozen bricks arranged in four rows. The undersides of the bricks were discolored, indicating that they had been set atop a still smoldering embers. The bricks were then slathered with slacked lime. Quote, this wasn't the thin temporary layer normally used to cover skeletal remains before they were recovered for burial. This lime was thick and secured the remains as much as a solid coffin would have. That's very interesting. So this seems like maybe someone they were kind of afraid of, do you think? Each of the three features, the nails, the bricks, and the lime, have been found in other graves in ancient Mediterranean, but this was the first time they had been seen together, Dr. Clay said. This strongly implied the use of protective charms to keep the restless dead from interfering with the living. Oh, so they were concerned. Quote, whether or not the cause of this man's death was traumatic, mysterious, or the result of a contagious illness or punishment, it appears to have left the mourners fearful of his return. We are witnessing here at least three deviant interventions that each in and of themselves can be understood as means to pin the deceased to his final resting position. The combination swings the pendulum firmly towards safeguarding the living from the dead. The new study provided significant evidence that protective magic was used in Imperial Rome. Uh, yeah, that's just so cool. It reveals the choice of magic as the most suitable ritual technology to manage death, anxiety, and phantom menaces. How neat is that? So cool. And this is a newer article, I believe. I believe. Um... They have me behind a paywall, so I can't see the... Uh, oh, no, it was March of this year. So, yeah, relatively new. All right, which is, I am throwing this over to our moon correspondent. And after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Friday, July 7th. The waning gibbous moon continues to glide through Pisces today. Here, the moon trines the sun and Mercury. The sun and Mercury are currently both in Cancer, a sign which is ruled by the moon. 
Our emotional state is taking center stage today. A trine to the sun usually boosts confidence, and the trine to Mercury puts us in a chatty mood. It's a good day to talk about how you're feeling. If there's anything that's been troubling you, today you have the confidence in yourself to bring it up and talk it through. So take advantage. Your daily moon mantra is, our feelings are our most genuine path to knowledge. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Get ready to be spellbound by the Glam Witch. Originally considered to be the essence of a witch's spell, glamour is an ultimate act of magic. Used to master and manipulate one's appearance, true glamour magic is about honoring and expressing yourself to ultimately get what you want in the world. Intersecting visual aesthetic with the esoteric, Michael Herkus, the Glam Witch, takes you into their world of glamour with a personal pictorial on the magical art of beauty, fashion, and glamour magic. Whether your goal is to get attention, a new job, a date, or even go unnoticed, here you will be guided on how to craft a magical message with your presence by cultivating confidence with magical application, integrating magic into your beauty regimes with cosmetic, hair care, and fashion, bewitching with body language, eye contact, and seduction through the senses, manifesting a magical persona that caters to your most unique qualities, and utilizing crystals, dolls, fragrances, tarot cards, and more to maximize your glamour efforts. Only 200 of these limited editions will be sold, so grab yours now at theglamwitch.com. All right, so we have a fun one from one of our listeners, Laura. At least I think it's fun. I feel like it's going to be fun. Maybe not. Laura says, ghost alert. Quick backstory. My partner and I moved into our apartment in San Diego in October of 2022. It's a pretty standard 20-unit, two-story building in a busy neighborhood. I think the building has been around since the 50s or 60s and hasn't been updated much. A coat of paint here, a light fixture there. So the structure and character of the original building had stayed pretty much the same, but it isn't a super old structure by any means. I noticed some ghost-like phenomena when we first moved in, chiefly that the main light fixture in the uh, kitchen would flip on and off on its own, and things in the bathroom tend to jump off their shelves pretty frequently. I attributed this to lack of building updates, faulty electrical work, breezes blowing things out of place, etc., However, tonight I got what I consider to be pretty definitive proof that it's not just us here. It was about 2 a.m. I was sitting on the couch, doom scrolling through Instagram. I'm a night owl. When out of nowhere, our smoke detector started going off on full blast. Not like a beep or like a test, like it was out of batteries. I mean, it was really screaming as though there was an actual fire. I had long since finished cooking for the day, no one was smoking in the apartment, and nothing seemed to be going on in the neighboring units. I was scrambling to find a step stool to turn it off, but after a minute it shut off uh, as suddenly as it started. I don't get a feeling that this ghost is malevolent, but perhaps they are a bit lonely or anxious. I definitely feel that this entity is trying to get my attention in some way, but I don't feel threatened. Maybe I should try striking up a conversation. Anyone else try this before? I feel like I may have already read this on air, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Kat says, I think there are several people on here who are familiar with cohabiting with ghosts. Maybe they just didn't see your post. 
Um, I have no ghost, but I'm going to say go with your gut on this. As long as you feel that the ghost isn't threatening, I don't see anything wrong with acknowledging that you're aware they are there. If it were me, I would just make the bedroom a no-ghost zone so you're able to sleep without shenanigans. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I definitely feel like you can just maybe set something out for the ghost, maybe like a little dish of water, and then just maybe have a sit and be like, listen, hey, I'm cool. You're cool. Don't turn on the smoke detectors. Come on. You know what I mean? Um... Pretty much, I am typically of the vein, just deal with spirits how you would deal with anyone else. Kind of pretend like you just got a surprise roommate who you can't kick out because maybe they have a standing lease or something. So definitely like have a conversation with them. Just let them know kind of what you're willing to deal with, what you're not willing to deal with. And maybe you can do little things for them. Maybe you can do a meditation and see if you get any information on maybe who they are or what they want. And then maybe you can help them out, right? So let's say it was just um, old man living in there who liked cigars. Maybe once in a while you can go light a little cigar for him and uh, it'll appease his spirit. So... I think you should. I think it's really easy to just have a sit, have a little meditation, and be like, what's up? You know? Um, very easy, five minutes, and just kind of see what information you naturally pick up on. But yeah, just be very clear. Don't forget the living is always more powerful than the dead, uh, even though movies would have you believe otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I would just have a little conversation, have a little meditation, see if you pick up on anything. Uh, come with an offering, like a little dish of water, and just be like, hey, this is for you. Let's be cool. Um, here's what I need you not to do for me to be happy here. And what can I do to make you happy here? And that's it. Ghosts are actually very easy to live with. In my personal opinion. All right. So we have some feedback from one of our listeners, Callisto. This is from our gnome episode. Callisto says, I grew up with gnomes in my grandmother's garden and I've always loved them. About 10 years ago now, I got into an online group called freethegnomes.com. Just for the silliest of it, I even had a bumper sticker for the group. And then one day a friend who was more of an acquaintance freed one of the gnomes from my yard and I'm still mad about it. Oh no, that's so funny. Can you imagine, Callisto, this is hilarious. Can you imagine being like, yeah, free the gnomes, and you're part of a group, you have the bumper sticker, and then getting mad a friend frees one of your gnomes. One, hilarious. I support. Um, but two, uh, two, I just think it's really cute and funny of your friend. Um, she, all she was doing was freeing the gnomes. You can't really get mad at her for that. But I think that's really fun. Really funny. Oh, my gosh. Now I want a gnome. I don't really know if gnomes work here. It's like it's too hot. Uh, Nix says there are some crafts people who immigrated from Germany um, and they have a gnome craft business. That makes me so happy when I see it. Kim says I just love gnomes ever since the Travelocity started using one in their advertising. Yeah. My daughters were always embarrassed that I had one, and it makes it more fun. Free the gnomes. 
Oh, gosh. That was such a fun episode. Yeah, free the gnomes. But oh, I am sorry one of your gnomes is freed. I'm sure it's living a very happy life elsewhere with its little gnome family. All right, witches. It is Friday. It is a gentle day. We are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. Um, I want to give a shout out to listener Don Howard. Don, you badass, glorious land mermaid. Pietra Simmons, you scholarly, beautiful kitten. Lisa McGinnis, you talented, noble selkie. And Garrisu, you fair, thoughtful spider queen. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card pull. Our card today is the Ten of Stakes from the Buffy Tarot. Buffy may have been chosen to stand alone against the vampires, demons, and forces of darkness, but the prophecy never said she had to like it. The Ten of Stakes finds you feeling like you're doing the most and asks you to pause, reflect on how much you've taken on, and remind yourself that it's temporary. Everything you're doing is aligned with your greater goals, and you are so close to reaching them. All right, witches. That is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again next week. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>